Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thank you to Race Tech for coming on board. Whether it's motor work, whether it's suspension work, if you use Race Tech and you tell them you listen to Pulp, they'll give you a discount. Get the right springs for your bike, your weight, and or speed. Uh, they do motor work for teams like Solitaire and Zombie Blows. They do suspension for other teams like that. Privateer proven, racetech.com. Give your bike some love. It'll love you back. Uh, if you've never changed your suspension oil, it's March, so you're if you live in a state that's uh, cold, you're just getting back into it. Your bike will work a lot better if you get new bushings and seal and oil. And Racetech can do that for you or the Racetech Service Center in your area. Racetech.com, privateer proven, the best there is out there. Thanks to those guys. Tell them you listen to Pulp, they'll give you a deal. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Daytona Supercross Review. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Let's uh, get into all things Daytona over there at the Speedway, down at the Speedway, as they say. Uh, thank you to Fly Racing, uh, Justin Brayton, RJ Hempshire, uh, jo- Joey Savacci, and McElrath, and uh, Anstey. A lot of guys wearing Fly Racing, and uh, so should you. They have styles and colors that will suit your needs, price point. All across the board. Formula Helmet's amazing. Uh, they got snow stuff. They got uh, summer stuff. Flyracing.com. Got hard parts, too. A lot of cool hard parts. The firepower thing is under uh, the WPS umbrella, and firepower guys got a lot going on. So please check out flyracing.com for more information on the different styles and fits and everything else that they got going on. Thank you to folks at Renthal as well. More championships than all the other brands combined renthal.com they got a cool bar chart on their website that where you can enter in any bar dimensions and see what renthal match will renthal will match it and uh whether it's the uh, seven eights bar whether it's the twin wall bar fat bar fat bar 36 they've got the handlebar for you and the style for you and uh, also two chains and sprockets as well uh when you think about honda and kawasaki and red bull ktm those are three of the best teams in the pits paddock as you would say if you're from renthal and they all use renthal so uh, thank you to renthal uh, a really, really cool company. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast and you've owned a dirt bike, you have used something from Renthal. They're that good. Thank you to those guys. Maxis Tires as well. Uh, Kay Clayson, A-Ray, uh, using Maxis Tires, developed by Jeremy McGrath. He's got them on his UTV, on his dirt bike, on his mountain bike. Maxis.com for more information on that. They make tires for tons of things that you probably have in your garage or in your driveway maxis.com for more information on that they've been supporting our pods for a number of years so be great if uh, you people could support them and let me know hit me up on uh, social media if you uh, have some maxis product on there and we really appreciate it uh also cobalinks motorsport.com onyx maps they're all on board as well 
and uh, we'll tell you more about those guys later. But there's lots to get into when it comes to Daytona from Tomac and his record-breaking win to uh, all the shenanigans going on behind him and the jet. All right, let's uh, talk to Weijin JT, shall we? And now we'll bring in uh, a couple of my uh, best friends uh, in the whole wide world to talk about Daytona, Supercross, and all that it was. Uh, First up, he is the voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, and uh, he was also the voice of Daytona at the track yesterday with his usual gig. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah. What's happening? I'm blown out. My voice is blown out, dude. I got nothing left. Yeah. I mean, hear that. Screaming for Justin Brayton winning was amazing for sure in 2018. Uh, there will no, never be anything that can top that. But the last couple laps of that main event with Eli Tomac trying to get it done, and all of a sudden now Tomac is like the darn crowd favorite, like he's never been before. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and also, we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, also on the line, uh, he is uh, uh, just back from Daytona, his hometown race, kind of, sort of. It's Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not much, man. I'm tired. It was uh, a lot of, lot of flying to get back from there, and hotel was far. So, yeah, just a long night and day for me. Oh, hotel was far, you say? Oh, hmm. Okay. Well, it was the hotel that I could afford for my per diem was really far, yes. Yes, yeah, that's one of my complaints for Daytona. Um, I understand. All right, uh, let's get into this. Weege, how was uh, how was the live announcing at some point? Um, you were getting some criticism on group texts, but overall, how did you feel? Yeah, I didn't really check my phone during it, so I didn't even realize I was getting criticism. Um, but I, uh, I have to say, and JT, you might agree, I think the crowd was a notch above uh, what has ever been here, at least in my time coming to Daytona. I, and I don't, I don't think the daytime race was ever like this. So I think you could easily make an argument that it was the biggest crowd and the most rabid crowd because we didn't have it last year. We basically had a limited crowd. No one could go on the NASCAR infield, you know, the, up against the track. And they were back. And then the Tomac history thing, they were fired up. They were super on his side. And uh, the atmosphere was unreal. It was good. Yeah, it was packed. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, I think Daytona overall, maybe it was back to, you know, because Daytona Supercross used to be at the end of bike week. So you had this this buildup and culmination throughout the week of people arriving and Supercross and the Daytona 200 where they, you know, capped it off. So I don't know if we were quite there as far as the overall amount of people in Daytona, but for the race, this was the most people I've seen at the Daytona Supercross in a very, very long time. Oh yeah. That's the outside dude. It is now Sunday night. I'm still not seeing a lot of motorcycles out on the streets. It's right. not even close. Yeah, what is what has happened to when I first I started going, and there's eight thousand Harleys. Well, the week changed. That's part of it. The like, if you were there, if they had the race next weekend at the end of Bike Week, it would be much closer to that. But that's they they moved the Supercross to the beginning of Bike Week instead of the end. So everyone's still driving. Like most people are still. They got off work Friday and they're driving throughout the weekend, and then they arrive and then they're on their Harleys all week. All right. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, um, and we each, did you go to the uh, RC Amateur Supercross today and also announce? I did. I uh, went to the GNCC then this afternoon, and I did not announce. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, just broke down a little bit, uh, and it allowed me to leave earlier and then get back to do the rest of uh, RCSX today. But shout out to David Iser, DMSS Radio, original and still best, uh, carried it today, and Megawatt, I, I think JT's favorite announcer. So they had it on lockdown <laughs> today. 
Yep. <laughs> right. Um, oh, you almost spit your water out. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, yeah, interesting. And so uh, it looks like a lot of entries for that thing, too, uh, and all of that. Dude, so, it is crazy what's going on in this, yeah. in this sport right now. Um, yeah, they, they filled the entries, I think, almost three weeks ago for this race. So uh, as big as it's ever been, if not bigger, you know, it usually gets yeah. full. Uh, the GNCCs are nuts. I'm going to this Red Bull Day in the Dirt event at uh, Dade City, JT's favorite track, actually, uh, next weekend. That has an atrociously high amount of entries, like unbelievable. Things are still popping. Right yeah. Now. Well, that's awesome. Uh, that's good. You know, I was uh, watching it from the couch, didn't go, and um, I got to uh, not much was going on. It wasn't a great race or show again for another year in a row, but things flipped in that 450 main event. Absolutely. Um, watching Eli catch up to Cooper Webb. Um, you know, never mind the the uh, the fireworks in the beginning that, that we'll get to, and then it it did it did provide a pretty exciting race uh, at the end, watching Eli slowly slowly catch up um, on Cooper Webb. So, uh, what was the? And again, I, I went out last night, didn't watch the uh, uh, press conferences. Uh, we saw Shane McElrath move over a little bit. Now, debatable. I think Eli would have gotten him. Who knows though? I think so. But either way, did did Coop? blame McElrath did 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 uh, Eli mention it what was the blowback on the lapping situation that allowed Eli to get the lead well I think it was so obvious that there was no reason to even address it um I didn't really hear I mean Coop just said I believe he even used the s-word on t- in his tv interview uh it it happens as Forrest Gump would say yep um yeah and he just said you know terrible to lose a race like that or sucks to lose a race like that he didn't explain exactly what that is but yeah i think it was so obvious everyone knew um a couple things i saw kind of behind the scenes so because i'm the announcer i get to work the podium so the riders come over and they wait for their turn to come up and i have a picture i'll put on my instagram mm-hmm. of webb just sitting on the stairs on the side of the podium and he just didn't move for like three minutes he just stared a hole through the ground he was i mean we know how salty webb is we know like when webb gets determined and gets the bit between his teeth how bad he wants it and he needed a win bad and then the momentum he would have got, if you can beat Tomac in Daytona, my God, right? So he was very, 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 very pissed he, at the end of the race. I don't think he does his social, right? Like, I think he has somebody do it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because his social was like, ah, it happens. Like, you know, it, it, it's part of racing, and, and we'll move on and good ride and all that. Again, he doesn't do his social, so I don't really know his feelings on it, but – um well, here's what I'm going to say. To defend him a little bit there, I feel like what what I'm saying is I saw him as soon as he came off the yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. I saw the raw emotions. And I think these guys, they're all veterans. They're all professionals. They've done a million interviews. I think, you know, he needed 10 minutes to collect himself and say the right things. And then even if he, he even if he had posted on a social, I do think that's what he would have posted. He do, got over it. And then by the press conference, he was fine. Do you, do you think Tomac gets him? I do. But... You know, that's the ultimate, that's the, yeah, you'll never know. But what do you, in your mind, what do you think? Well, I've talked a lot here, JT. What do you think? I just watched the race again uh, right mm-hmm. before we recorded this, and <clears throat> I don't have a strong opinion. Um, I really think, and it's a, ter- it's a terrible radio, I get it, but I think it's truly 50-50. I don't think it was some sort of inevitable move was coming. Like, I don't think Tomac had this all master planned out. And, you know, I know where I'm going to get him and I'm just biding my time and I'm going to make it work. Nor do I think Webb was 
totally in in the zone where he's like, "There's no way he's getting me either." I I could see it go. I could truly see it going both ways there. Yeah. Um. I will say though, if I had to, like pressed to choose one, I would say no, uh, because I think the track was really difficult to pass on, and then you're dealing with Webb, who is the master of that last lap gamesmanship. So if I had to choose, I would say no. That's that's where I'm at. I, I'd say it's very close, and it's funny. Like I talked to some people who are you know in the Cooper Webb camp. And they're like, nobody gets wet late in races. Like, we know this, you know, of course. But, I mean, it was an awesome combo. I mean, we yeah. just know Tomac is a beast late in races fitness-wise. And we know that Tomac, or sorry, Webb is savvy and salty. So, yep. God, it would have been good. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a coin flip. And I agree with you, JT. It was hard to pass. And here's the thing. Even when Eli got it rolling and got close with some other lappers, there were times where Webb actually had lines that he got, you know, he pulled back away. Like, they were yo-yoing. It wasn't just like a matter of, Every lap, one more second, Eli's oh. gaining. Like, it yeah, was back that's, and forth. Right. That's, I think, the difference, too, is so many Daytonas we've seen Tomac just on this non, you know, in, unstoppable charge to the front. That wasn't really this. Like, he was behind Webb in a pretty static state of not really catching him for a significant amount of time. So, whether he puts in a, a heroic charge at the very end and gets him or not, it was, it was different than the Daytonas, even the Brayton one where he didn't get him. I mean, Tomac was coming for like 15 minutes of charging to the front. And everybody was like, is he going to get there or is he going to run out of time? This wasn't really that. He was kind of already there. We just didn't know if he was going to be able to make a move or not. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say two things to the, to the Cooper Webb camp people. Uh, they're right about that. But that was the old coop. This is a different coop. So I would I would tell them that, oh. and then they would get mad at me. But I would tell them this oh, is this is not fired. this is not the same coop. This is uh, you know he he doesn't lose uh, Minneapolis. You know what I mean? The old coop. But anyways, and my second thing is is uh, look, there's been a lot of Tomac wins, seven of them now at this race. Six, but, six. Sorry, uh, but um, JT, this is one of the more impressive ones. I mean, he's dominated, right? He's crushed the dudes. But you think so? Yeah, just because of, you know, he wasn't good. He wasn't himself all day. He didn't look, he no. didn't, he didn't look as good as he normally does. Uh, obviously, I was on the couch, so I was watching Race Day Live and some guy named Blair, and that was a frustrating experience at times. But um, he didn't. His times didn't indicate it. It didn't look great. So he just had to almost use his uh, uh, fitness slash perseverance to get this one done late. You know, which is. Uh, it didn't come easy, and I guess that's why I was thinking it was one of the more impressive ones. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would uh, – I, I don't have a really strong disagreement with that, but to me it wasn't as impressive just because I thought he wasn't overwhelmingly the best guy. Now, he won the race. He deserved to win, all that. But typically when I leave Daytona on, a to on the back of a Tomac win, I'm like, yeah, he was the best guy by a lot. Like nobody was beating him tonight. I didn't feel that way necessarily. Like, okay, he won. He deserved to win. But I think Webb could have won. No question about it. And I don't know really what Anderson had or didn't have. He was really fast all day long, and then he got into his own drama. To me, it just wasn't one of those nights where I'm like, Tomac was winning tonight no matter what happened. And that that's I felt that way before leaving Daytona. Mookie could have won. He was in position yeah, right. in in That's the main. Like that. He won a heat. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that Tomac was winning yeah. that race. You know, come hell or high water. Right. And that I've there's probably been two or three that I've felt that way. Well, uh, yeah, great job for Eli and and good job for Cooper. Um, well, let's get into the uh, the bigger story. So uh, 
Anderson, we talked about this last week. Uh, Anderson hits Tomac. Tomac hits Mookie um, in the second turn. And then Mookie decides to extract some revenge on the green bike. Jason Anderson, obviously we all know what happened last week. And we could debate all about that. But we talked about that on this pod. And, you know, and, and I think we all said like, ah, yeah, well, you, you know, the, Mookie could tee him up down the line uh, if he wants to because he's got one coming. And, uh, yeah, he did, Weech. Uh, and uh, Mookie made sure that Jason uh, uh, went down. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, he took himself down too. But I think at that point he was seeing – he wasn't seeing red. He was seeing green. Yeah, you know, and, uh, yeah, you guys both said that, that now he's got uh, Malcolm Stewart mad, and that's not going to help you in a championship scenario. So, anyway, I had this whole monologue for this portion of this podcast rehearsed mm. because I'm, I'm getting – a little annoyed with this consortium of ex-pro racers who are on this big, you know, everybody's soft and hitting is part of racing and that's the way it has to be thing, uh, which I don't really agree with because uh, this isn't soft. Like, I think we like it. I think we like the drama. Well, I don't want to speak for JT on that topic, but I think in general, us in the media and the fans kind of like a little bit of that action. I'm not against it. I'm not soft, but I took this as an example as stop saying that that's part of racing because if you are trying to win a title, it virtually never helps. Like, titles are not won by being the guy who's more physically aggressive. I, I can't – are there any Supercross titles that were won that way? There are many that have been lost. Uh, and here is a perfect example, I thought. So I had this whole monologue about that. And then I watched those incidents back quite a bit. And then I might have had access to some additional footage, might have had access to additional footage like – footage that very important people that decide things would have seen. And now that I've seen some stuff last week and this week, none of them were as bad as I thought. A lot of it is riders taking different lines than you would expect. And it results in collisions. Uh, Anderson did nothing to Mookie in the second turn of this race. First of all, do we all agree on that? Like that was not a dirty move. I don't think. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Mookie ended up off the track. You see that you see a guy blasted off the track and you think, Oh my God, Anderson, why? Why would you do this? I watched it back. It was nothing. And then I have to say, this is no one's going to agree with this take. Anderson took a weird line in the sand. He did. I don't think Mookie meant to knock them both down. Oh, but, oh, but Weege, oh, wow. Okay. Holy. Yeah, Weege, Weege, wouldn't you also have to agree that these things are also compounding, right? Just yes. because Anderson yes. didn't necessarily do anything wrong this time had – Arlington not happened at and had prior incidents not happened. Mookie's not going for revenge there. No, no, I was with you. I was with you. I had a whole yeah. dialogue based on, hey, ex-pros who say hitting's part of racing. Here's an example of why Anderson shouldn't have hit him last week because now Mookie's going to take him out and it's going to cost him 10 points. And how many titles did Ryan Dungey, Ryan Villapoto, Ricky, like these guys didn't do that. Yeah, well, look at Tomac. Tomac now. Tomac doesn't do stuff doesn't like that. Doesn't do that. Yeah, so Never. the idea that like this is part of racing and this is what it takes to win i'm like show me the receipts that this ever how many championships in the long run it, how yeah. many championships did bradshaw win riding like that it doesn't it oh it always ends up getting you in the end so yes i was totally with that i'm like anderson this is what you get you hit mookie last week you get him mad this is what you get but i did see some footage where they're like i don't know anderson took a weird line what? at sam but i'm seeing mookie pinning it on the side of the track to get it there Right. Yeah. That's the bigger. Yeah. Point. That's the exactly. Bigger point is no yeah. one. He's not going after Tomac like that. He, he, in the same situation. He's probably pissed. He's. Uh, he's not going to go for the jugular on Tomac. He's forty scenario. miles per hour beside the track to jump into the into the into the track. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, Weege, I'll go with you. 
like Mookie deserve that second corner. Why are you cutting down, Mookie? If you watch it back a few times, which I did, like there's a whole berm there. It's the second corner. I don't know if Mookie needs to cut in like that. Like you got to know there's a pack of guys behind you. Just rail the turn and you're going to come out okay. So he does need to accept some blame for that because he cut in in on the second turn when there's 20, 20, 20 guys behind you. But it caught, it caught Tomac off guard too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, but when he saw the green, you know, he he just lost his mind based on last week, right? Um, you lost me though, Weege, with Mookie not. I, Anderson did take a weird line. He didn't go inside. He didn't go outside. He went like outside and then middle, where not a yes. lot of guys had gone. So this footage I showed, they're like, yeah, Webb goes in a normal line in the sand. Yeah. Mookie is in the same line, and Anderson misses that line, and then does a pivot to try to get back into it, and they're they're. Look, Mookie was going super fast, maybe too fast, and maybe he was going to hit him no matter where Anderson went. But what I've been told is, like, last week, Mookie, the lap that Anderson hit him, Mookie had taken a different line the previous two laps. He did not cut down, and then that lap he cut down. And then we know the second turn in this race last night, that was not a dirty move by Anderson. It was a cut down, and it was a first lap, and it was typical chaos. And they're like, look at this move in the sand. Anderson took a weird line. Yeah, so but what I'm getting at is here the but line Mookie's is intent. Yeah. It Mookie, doesn't matter where Anderson was going. Yes. Mookie, Mookie pulled out of the inside and just went straight. Like, ah, I got to get you. Bam. You know, uh, yeah, I don't. Like if, if Mookie doesn't yeah. get him there, he's getting him in the next corner or the next corner or the next corner. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I agree. And Anderson had a comment, and that's why we say you got to be careful when you play these games and you're trying to win a title. All The point I'm trying to make is I've learned a lot more about there is subtle racecraft of just line choice where sometimes it's like, dude, they're racing at, on the edge and they're making split-second decisions and sometimes things that seem unbelievably extreme. I'll give you an example. The mega, the, the Ferrandis Christian Craig crash, which is maybe the most talked about block pass in 10 years. Talking to Chad Reed once and he's like, why did Craig go outside there? He's like, everyone in, went inside all day long. No one went outside. He's like, Ferrandis was just using the line he used all week and then all of a sudden the guy was just on the outside. All of a sudden, there was a guy just there. Okay, Chad. The point is, Ferrandis was going in the line that everybody was using. And Craig decided to just go outside. So I'm always like, ah, there's always a little more. Does Ferrandis not have eyes? Like, was he like, oh, my God, where did Craig come from? <laughs> All right, fine. Mookie uh, took him out. Well, I mean, Mookie definitely, to me, yeah. I, I, Mookie was like, I'm so mad. I don't care about my race right now. Watch this. You know, and 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 so. So and you're saying yes, Anderson took a weird line in the sand, but bottom line, no matter what Anderson did, he was going to get hit. I, yeah, I do. I absolutely believe gotcha. that. Okay, and, and, and you know what? That's a reasonable argument. And they can show me all the footage of Anderson's weird line they all they want, and yeah. we're going to say it doesn't matter what Anderson did; he was getting it. Yep. Yeah. The intent. The intent to me is if, yeah is everything. And, and but Mookie needs to share some blame for that second corner. I, you're watching it back. You're like, dude, I don't know if you can do that. If you're all, you know, you can do that if you're all by yourself. Yeah. But uh, well, that, to me, that was a that was a situation that was ready to boil over. It just needed a little bit of a catalyst, and it wasn't even it wasn't really even Anderson hitting Mookie. You know what I mean? It didn't matter. No. Like it was so ready to boil over. It just needed something. And from and when Mookie saw the Kawasaki go by him after he got hit. He didn't even know that Tomac was there, guaranteed, but it was on. So uh, Anderson and Mookie get docked one part for both pinning it off the track at different parts, different points. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And then, Weege, anything at the afterwards about the rough riding, about Mookie? Is Mookie on probation now? Do we know? No, I'm glad you brought that up. All this stuff that I was saying, that's why none of it resulted in oh. nothing last week for Anderson, okay. nothing for Mookie right. or Anderson this week. That is the, can I use the term, line in the sand? Well, Anderson um, last week yeah. said, I, I gassed it too much, my bad. Like, Anderson admitted, I, I know what you're saying about Mookie cutting down and he hadn't used that line, but Anderson himself was like, I was going too fast. So there is a little bit of, you know. Like, Anderson yeah. didn't come out and be like, hey, Mookie hadn't taken that line in two, three laps or whatever. You know, yeah, whatever. I don't know like, why he didn't. Right. I, and I, this is before I even talked to anybody. Right. I heard some just other people like, hey, did you watch the show last week? Like, Mookie went wide two laps in a row, and then all of a sudden the – the lap where Anderson was on the inside, he cut down. Um, yeah, I'm just saying there's a little more subtlety to it, and that is why, in the end, neither guy had any sort of penalty for rough riding. Right, right. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're Dan Fahey and the Kawasaki guys, you know you're uh, you're like, hey, Jason, this is this is you know, this stuff's got to stop. We're trying to win a championship, and as we've all pointed out many times, you know, whether it's RV or Dungey or Jeremy. Or Ricky, and these guys. That doesn't work. <laughs> it's tough, tough well, to I win. Well, go back to uh, when, when Cooper Webb moved to KTM, like Carlos Rivera, the mechanic, they, they, they were almost like beating it out of him. Like, we know Cooper Webb likes to play those games. And they just had to tell him over and over, like, you cannot do that. It will never, ever, ever, if you're trying to win a title, it will never work in your favor. And Cooper Webb used to be that kind of guy. Yeah. And you don't see it anymore. Would have really liked if Mookie and Anderson, who were maybe you know two of the fastest four guys there, would have stayed up. That would have been fantastic. Oh. Let's see what those guys could have done. Mookie looked like he was, you know, balls fast all day long. So yeah, yep. Yeah, that and it was fun to watch them. Uh, you know, then they end up you know last and next to last together essentially. Yeah. Yep. And they're right. They got close several times where you're waiting for another round of it. Um. They were in formation a lot. And then Anderson ended up going down again because Mookie went down. Dean is a sandwich. Just chaos and drama all over. Yeah, Dino's down. Yeah, it was, yeah, a whole thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, definitely definitely uh, exciting race at near the end, that's for sure. And Coop gets second. Good job for Coop. Uh, Sexton third. Kind of quiet race for Sexton. Looked like he was pretty much uh, off of the top two guys. And then he was up on uh, Barsha, I think, for a while. And then Ferrandez by the end, so... Um, yeah, Sexton gets third, though. Good for him. Uh, Dylan gets fourth. Anything else on Dylan? Yeah, got Barsha. I didn't even, I didn't even yeah. see how or where uh, he got him. Yeah, yeah, it, it changed rapidly for sure. Um, yeah, Barsha, was, Barsha was really good the first half of the race. I mean, he held on to the first four for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if he made mistakes or got tired. or I, I don't know. But he fe- kind of fell off the back, and then he fell into the clutches of Ferrandis there as well. Uh, yeah, Barsha fifth, uh, Marvin sixth. Marvin was, uh, Marvin's really good. Marvin's had some really good, sneaky good rides at Daytona over the years. Like coming from behind, coming from behind and, and, uh, being fast all day, all that kind of stuff. 250 class. I think he crushed it, uh, in, when he was in 250s. Uh, this one looked like he was moving on up, um, slowly and got Kenny, got Kenny kind of late. Uh, Roxon was third, right? For a little bit. Wasn't he? Yeah. Kenny, Kenny stalled it. Oh, okay. Um, the last lap as well. And then he got the the positions back with the penalty. Yeah, but Kenny looked good, and then just 
yeah, not not able to kind of hold the pace. As the track got worse, I don't know if maybe that was part of it. That when the track got worse, he seemed to fall off the pace a bit as well. Uh, actually, I don't have him ever being in third. I had him in fourth or fifth at one point, so I guess he was never in third. Uh, but, yeah, kind of just slowly went backwards. But, I mean, JT, we had him in uh, Pulp Mix Fantasy, and realistically he got ninth. And his, 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 yeah. break, his break even was a tenth. <laughs> so, right. yeah. It wasn't awful. I did see flashes from him, like in, in uh, the early – early practice sessions, like he got out front and was trying to put in the fastest laps and looked like he was confident, you know, like trying to be the, the Kenny that we know. Uh, but yeah, just in the main event, it's it just not there. It's not there. The, the Kenny flash hole shot, try to check out like we've seen even at Daytona was just not there. God, if it's not going to happen at Daytona, we, I don't know if it's going to happen for Kenny this year. We had a question on Pulp MX show. Will he get a podium this year? And as unbelievable uh, as it it's, sounds, it's we're just like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's mind blowing. A podium, a podium, He's supposedly uninjured. I mean, he won he the told, opener. Yeah. He won the opener. <laughs> you have Ken Roxon not injured, allegedly. We haven't heard anything. A podium? It's yes. It's just absolutely shocking that it appears that it's possible that a hundred percent not injured Ken Roxon can't get a podium. It's. Do Unbelievable. We, am I am I going to be proven right on him leaving Honda? I, I don't see how you couldn't be. JT, what do you think? I think so. Um, I just I don't know what where that leaves him. KTM maybe. I yeah. don't know. I, I I absolutely understand the sentiment, and I think it's probably a good thing for everybody involved. I just don't know what that means yeah. on the backside of that. Yeah, I think I think. Uh... I think everybody probably is needs a break, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, Malcolm Stewart, eighth, Jason Harrison, ninth. We covered them pretty good. They were both really good. I would, ugh, if if they don't get involved in those in that hijinks, then Coop, Tomac, and those two have a hell wow. of a race. Yeah, but wow, you know. Um, I wonder how aggressive. And again, I'm not again. We're all saying Anderson's move wasn't dirty with Mookie, but. I mean, is it actually a lot of it is like, okay, he's one position behind Tomac and the very first 180 corner, and it's just going to try to pass Tomac. I don't think Mookie had anything to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the main guy that Anderson's trying to get ahead of. What about what about Mookie in after the first turn splitting Tomac and Anderson by tripling? You know, yeah. uh, that was pretty gnarly. And I guess if you're yeah. Anderson, you're like, you know, you're like, ah, shit, or, or you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, I got to get him back. I got to get him back, right? But, um, yeah. yeah, I just I'm just trying to I'm not saying that some of this isn't with intent, but I am saying, dude, the opening friggin' lap of a 450 main event with points on the line and guy thinking he could win his first race. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is absolute full attack um, and maybe a little more risk and a little less right. know, reward. Right. Yeah. Hey, look, Dean Wilson finished between ninth and 11th. Hey, look at that. Got a 10th. Hey, look at that. Dino. Uh, we can work with speed. We can work with consistency. Gosh. Um, good job for Justin Bogle. Look, he's been – he's looked pretty tired at times in normal supercrosses. So I didn't have him having his best race of the year at Daytona. But good job. I agree. Yeah. 11th. 11th. So good job for Bogle. Freeze was 12th. Uh, didn't look like his starts were on point for, for Freeze at all. Uh, he had a good one in the heat race. Oh, did he? Don't worry. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh okay. Yeah, all right. he did. Yeah. Uh, Chiz, 13th. 
you know, just, yeah, just beating all of the privateer guys. That's my, my idea, my original idea before Feld gave me the race would have never really worked because you had, as a privateer, you had to beat Kyle Chisholm, and none of these guys can. It's just impossible. So uh, 13th for Chiz and going to fill in at Star, JT, starting next week, starting in Detroit. Yeah, this is, this is amazing. This is, this is an amazing turn of events. I have no idea how that's going to go. Okay. All right. Weech, how's it going to go? Yeah, I have no idea how it's going to go. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. I, I thought, I thought you, if you finished in the top 20, you were not able to, in the 450 class, you were I was not able to. 15 now. It is 15. It no, I, yeah. Now it's 15. I, I think it changed because I checked the rule book and it's 15. Oh, and it just, definitely used to be 20. Right. It and definitely used to be 20. So, it used to be 20 for sure, but I don't know okay. this year. So they just moved yeah. it to make it better for everybody. Just, hey, let's, let's, let's make that 250 class just, you know, the best we can so everybody can race it. But uh, somewhere along the line, they changed the rule. And yeah, now it's 15 until Chiz is in. 250s on a star bike. Oh, boy. You know what? He When he wrote Moto Concepts, how long ago was that now? Three years? 2009? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, okay, I have yeah, no yeah. idea. Um, <laughs> he was like a seventh place guy, right? He was old, he was yeah, old then. So. so, you know, yeah, we'll see. Uh, McElrath, 14. I had him in Pulp Mix Fantasy, JT. Can you tell me what happened late in the race? Because he was 11, I think. Uh, I was not watching him. I was watching uh, the battle for the lead. Okay. All I saw of him was the uh, web thing. Okay. I, I don't know. Well, right. You can watch both then at the same time. Yeah. Uh, well, he definitely got he got he faded late for whatever reason. So yeah. I, 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 in full disclosure, was not paying attention there, to him whatsoever. It's a tie in twenty twenty two Supercross on riders I've watched the least. It is a tie between McElrath and Hartrath for me. Oh, Hartrath. <laughs> By far the the winner for me. Okay, he is almost invisible to me right. out there. Yeah, like what's Weege? Uh, are you? Uh, are, do you have more experience yeah, watching Hart um, Yeah, but I'll, I'll look at, I think Savachi might have been in the running, but he's out. Uh, March Banks fifteen, uh, Club MX, LCQ, last gate picker, whatever. He got it done though. Whew. He did. He was, was actually up higher than that too. He was like 13th at one point. Was it? Yeah. And moving oh. forward, and then I don't. I don't he stopped know for what goggles. Happened. He stopped for goggles. Oh, got yeah. it. Okay. What is this? The GNCC? What, what's happening? I don't know. We we just he probably, said he pulled. Uh, I talked about it. I think he pulled every tear off. Somehow all the tear offs came off in one pull. Um, I believe. Uh, we, we just he probably was not pumped at the race. We we just probably yeah. waving him in to pull goggles. Pull goggles. Come in. Yeah. Gas. 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 Gas him up. Yes, I'm up. He was uh he was not pumped. He, what was he uh qualified? He qualified uh thirteen or twelve overall? Maybe higher? Yeah, I think it was twelve. Yeah. And uh you know the heat race he was doing well, I guess it's about the same. He's fifth or sixth, so I guess that is yeah. ten to twelve. Right. Um I don't know. I, I said he seemed bummed. Obviously if you lose the goggles that screws up your race, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if he thought he'd be further up uh, at some point or in qualifying or whatever, but he didn't seem um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking you leave and say, well, the points and the result doesn't matter as long as I ride good, but he didn't see both. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. Justin Brayton, Weege, 16th, the, the, one of the champions of Daytona, not a good race at all. Never was never up there. Never showed much. Like what, what's the problem? Look, we've Weege? never been good at Daytona. I mean, come on. Oh, okay. All right. Daytona's never been a good track for us. Big pre-race, uh, pre-race thing on him too. He's kind of like more outdoorsy. We're, we're more of a Supercross guy. I mean, I, I don't think there's one good Daytona that I can remember on record. <laughs> so, okay. we're fine. Right, right. We're moving he, on. 
he teared up when they asked him like his career highlight. He said riding with his daughter out in opening ceremonies. Like it was very emotional. Yeah, I got a lot of texts about that for sure. Okay, I'm glad that it's pretty impressive how this has turned out. When people enjoy a television piece on Brayton, they text me. JT, can you help me with Brayton at all? He's a fly rider. I, I, we just got nothing. He said he's yeah. Luck. I don't know. I, okay. This has really never been a good event for him. Okay, I'm not not sure. He's kind of just right, you know, on on par for yeah. his Daytona finishes. Right. It is the funny thing when he won that year, and you you were there that year, Mathis, right? I was, and it was um, yeah. it was glorious. But that was a hilarious thing where even he admitted, like, it is by far his worst track oh. in Supercross. Yeah, that's yeah. what made the whole thing even more crazy and ridiculous. It, it's one of the uh, most unlikeliest wins, maybe Rick Ryan yeah. Daytona, uh, yeah. maybe. So, yeah. yeah. So I w- we had a fly racing radio show, which neither of you came to. What? Appreciate, what? Uh, appreciate that. Weege. Uh, Weege, you said you were yeah. in. We should. Yeah. Get- yeah. And then Daytona said, we need you to work the crowd starting at 5 p.m. So I He was to- interviewing I- random fans, just <laughs> asking them the most nonsensical questions <laughs> I've ever heard. Did you like, hear some of it, JT? I did. Yeah. It, because you were talking over me, like on the Oh, sweet. Yeah, and none of it was like none of it was worth a damn. Like it was, but, it was the most ridiculous questions ever. Like, why are you here? Great to have you. Welcome to Daytona for like an hour. And a half. Ridiculous. It was. Where are you from? And who are you pulling for? And there was yes. a nine-year-old. There was a whole group of nine-year-olds. Yes. He just All wanted a, a fan of every rider. Like he's just like, who are you going what, for? They, oh, I Jason mean, Anderson, seventeenth rider in a row. Jason Anderson. Weech, yes. couldn't yes. Bytus and Kevin Kelly have? done that i don't feel like that like uh, okay. i also don't feel that if daytona is paying me to be here i'm gonna say oh you need me to do this well i can't i gotta go do something else yeah serious sponsor <laughs> i gotta go help a okay. serious sponsor <laughs> okay so the best part was i get this whole group of like nine-year-olds who are all pulling for jason anderson and then the one kid grabs the mic and he's like i have one other thing and i'm like okay oh yes <laughs> let's go brandon and then the awesome. crowd went insane. They did lose their absolute minds. Yes, they did. It was amazing. <laughs> they did. Nine-year-olds, everybody. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. It was. It was. So anyway, during this Fire Racing Radio show, Justin Brayton was kind enough to oh, join us. nice. Yeah, and I was kind of asking him about the race and, like, he – and so I, when I posed this question of, like, you're, you're saying it's the most unlikely win ever, which I agree with. I kind of pose the same thing. I'm like, going into that race, it never crossed my mind that you could win here. No. That you, like, yes. If you had told me that morning, Justin Brayton wins, I'm like, okay, what goes, like, is there an asteroid that hits the facility and, like, only certain people can race or what actually <laughs> happens? And he was, like, not having it, you know, like, not angry because he's never angry, but he was more like, well, I had won a Triple Crown race the week before. I had won like five heat races that season already. I'd been on podiums going into that. So he's like, I felt like I was kind of ready for that. And I was like, okay, but fair enough. I, I still stand by it. Like I never, never would have said, like if anybody would have told me that I would have laughed him right out of the speedway. So he was more like, yeah, no, I mean, it was, didn't really catch me off guard so much, but then you talk to him about it and you see his result and you see other year results. And you're like, I don't know, man. Like, that's just not a – because even in qualifying practice, I'm like, Justin, you were in 19th at one point in qualifying practice. 19th. I'm like, I don't think this is your best track. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just get a good start and I'll be good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I don't feel like Vince and Chiz and Bogle should beat him. 
even though no, it's I, not I a agree with, good I agree with racetrack you. for him. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did see his mechanic, Yulo, and he just said it's really not a, a good track for JV. So, uh, Heartraff 17th, and none of us can tell you one thing about it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan Brees, 18, Cade, 19. I, I did not think – I knew Marchbanks was going to get Cade in the LCQ, and Tristan Lane was riding pretty well. I'm like, I don't think Cade's getting in. Uh, but Lane kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, bummer for Tristan. He's a good dude, plus uh, Red Dog trains him. Uh, but uh, Cade got in. Good job to Cade. Yeah, so, I mean, Cade's been a week-in, week-out main event guy. You know, I, yeah. I think he's he's got a, a leg up on a guy like Tristan right now. Starling 20th. Uh, troll Trolls live under bridges. This <laughs> troll decided to hit the bridge. It's unbelievable. What, from what I gather. Yes, yes. He hit the T-bone in the bridge, he told me. How, how do you do that? He said he yes. got the, the jump before it. It had a huge rut. Yeah, it did. That messed him up, and then he was going the wrong way. Oh, well, Phil must be loving that trolls, you only got to hit the bridge. Like when my, and my, my thoughts there are hit the brakes. Like, don't hit the bridge, hit the brakes. <laughs> but, so did he, like, get hurt? Did his bike break? Because that was it, right? He DNF'd. Or did he get up? Well, no, it took him a while to get on the bike because, you know, us, us guys of smaller stature, it's, it's a process. He needed a ladder. On, yeah. the, on the machine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it felt great. He was um, – yeah, he, he only did 16 laps, so I, I guess he didn't He kept finish. going after. Oh, he it did. Took him, it took him a good while to get okay. going. All right. All right. What about the trolls and the bridge? You got to get like that oh, joke? Oh, great. Yeah, 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 I had that. Like uh, that, yeah. Proposed to be my one of my coworkers already, and uh, I was – um, trying to figure out a way to work it in, but you beat me to the punch. Brandon Shearweege is not retired. You keep saying he's Apparently. retired, but yeah. he's not retired. No, I had someone uh, screaming, screaming that at me in all caps via text. I'm like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? What, what is do his? Uh, so what does he do? Is he a racer? I, I said I think no. the point is that his profession is not racing. I, I, I'm on your side, Weege. Yeah, I'm on your side. He he raced his whatever. Whenever there's an injury, he is, or a, he is a trainer at Club Mess. Yep. Uh, Troll Train says that he rides like 20 minutes a week. At the end of the day, he doesn't ride with the guys. Um, he was done. He was done pursuing the dream of being a professional racer. He got a job at Club MX as one of the coaches and one of the trainers. Right. Am I wrong about no. this? Is this not a big deal? No. Just... I defended you. I was who, just who getting is this? harassed. Who is? I, I yeah. have to protect the innocent. Yeah. Ish. Okay. Sorry. I'm just telling Ish. a story. Okay. Let me just put it this way. Did anybody think Brandon Shar was going to make a 450 Supercross main this year? I have your back, Weech. Yeah. I, I can show you the text. I backed you up. I said, I think the point was that racing is not his profession anymore. The point is, oh my God, that's amazing. And that's awesome that this guy made a main event. He just works at Club MX as a trainer, yeah. and they said, "Hey, you want to do one race?" And he put it in the four fifty. I agree. I agree. Well, yes. Their their point was is that every year for how many years he's going to be the retired racer that's still racing? Because he has a national number, so it means that he right. raced last yes. year and got points. But yeah, he did in the nationals, which was the same thing. It was like we have so many guys hurt. You want to do some racing, right? But he, right. I think their point was like, okay, this guy still has a national number. He's still showing up in racing races, and he's still being called retired. At what point does that ever change? Yeah, it changed when he decided to retire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I am trying to make it – if I just say, yep, yeah, the guy in the club in Mexico Yamaha made the main. So did Troll. So did Marchbanks. 
that's really not anything. That's just another privateer made the main. He's not doing what Troll and March Banks are doing. Hmm. Like he's not on the Troll and March Hitting Banks the bridge? program. Yeah, he's not on their program. He's not supposed to be racing. They just said, "Hey, you want to do something for fun?" And he made the freaking main. Is he taller than Troll? He is, right? Might be close. Definitely close. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just rode just no. full on Troll's setup. Right. He he uh, he deserves he de- he deserves some some golf claps for sure. Good job. Yeah. So sorry right. if for the live audience I'm trying to build up a really cool story and I don't know what other words I could use. He's actually was retired at one point, but he's a trainer coach. And then every once in a while the team has injuries, and this week they decided to do something cool for Daytona and put him on the motorcycle. Not actually retired. Brandon Shar makes the name. I'll just do it that way. There we go. Much easier off the top. There we go. I'll, I'll do it that right, way. Right. Right. Uh, thank you to Fly Racing. Speaking of Fly Racing, you have uh, uh, Justin Brayton out there and Fly and RJ Hampshire and Styles Robertson with another podium, flyracing.com. Uh, please check them out. on the uh, Go to your local dealer and demand to see the latest and greatest from Fly. They um, A lot of cool stuff out there. The Formula Helmet's uh, simply amazing. You can see it uh, on display at the Fly um, uh, trucks. Not this weekend, though, JT, right in Detroit? There, it's no, we're, not, we're not doing pits this weekend. Yeah, no pits, right. no pits for Detroit. Well, right. if you go to a race with the pits, you can see all the latest and greatest from Fly. And uh, flyracing.com. Please check them out at motorsport.com. Uh, thank you to Motorsport, of course, OEM and Aftermarket Parts. And uh, great shipping. A special sponsor of Filthy Phil Nicoletti. So, you know, Motorsport's doing good things out there when they're helping out guys like Phil, who's uh, uh, crushing it, and we're going to get the 250 class right away. Dedicated team of gearheads there. they got street bike stuff. they got UTV stuff, dirt bike stuff. Go through the banner on publimex.com uh, to help us save and help yourself save and then help us out a little bit. Uh, motorsport.com, and uh, they got a lot of cool contests, and they got the motorsport.com Pulpmex Fantasy Whole Shot Challenge as well. Also, thank, thank you to Cobalinks, built and uh, built and designed in Boise, Idaho. These are lowering suspension links from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Uh, if, you have a, if you're shorter of stature, like, say, Troll or Brandon Shar, or if you are uh, a girlfriend, wife, uh, can't, can't, can't can't quite touch the ground on their motorcycle. Cobalinks is for you. It'll uh, give you some more confidence. It'll improve, improve your suspension, help you corner and all that kind of stuff. Cobalinks, get it through Motorsport. Cobalinks, uh, use the code PulpMX to save. K-O-U-B-A links.com. Use the code PulpMX to get free shipping and saving at Cobalinks.com. Thank you to those guys. Also, as I said off the top, the folks at Renthal uh, doing a good job, and the folks at Maxis as well. Speaking of Maxis and Cade, uh, Maxis Tires, MXSTs, and uh, yeah. Th- so thanks to those companies for supporting this podcast. And also, Weege. On X Maps? Yeah. Or is there a yeah. for it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Yep. This is why Stu uses you as his example mm-hmm. of how to get him sponsor plugs. Yeah. On X Maps, nowhere to go with the number one off road GPS app, 550,000 plus miles of trails mapped up, including public and private lands. And you can leave notes, or you can read notes left by others, and you can download the maps to use them in areas where you won't have cell service. So check it out. It's onxmaps.com or onxoffroad in the App Store. On the letter X, maps.com. All right. Thanks to those guys. Uh, 250 class from Daytona. The Jet, uh, he led every lap, and uh, he looked great. And whether it's the Jet or Pastrana or Stewart or this, you always see – JT, the really talented dudes. I mean, the guys that have incredible like technical skill on motorcycles, 
they do really well at Daytona because you kind of got to mm-hmm. improvise. You got to uh, uh, you have to um, you know bounce off a braking bump or pull a wheelie or set your front end down somewhere. All that kind of technical stuff. Those guys shine at it, and that's what Jet did. And this one was over early. Yeah, I think the track just rewards uh, bike skill. You know, yep. it just does. And I think for me, this whole series, I've expected Jet to be the standout. Uh, last week was just a, a cavalcade of errors on his part, but this week was more back to Minneapolis, right? He looked like yep. he was the best rider on the track at all times, and he got a good start and he executed. So, to me, if he doesn't, if he doesn't beat himself, it's going to be really hard for anybody else to do it. Yeah, we just had to make sure that he didn't do that. Do that again. He was almost a half. It was half a second better than everybody in qualifying. That's what I mean. Like two. he, yeah. he yeah. is this. to me. He's the only one that can beat himself now. Whether Christian Craig can beat him, I don't know. That'll oh, that's going to be good. That's going to yeah. When we go to Atlanta, that will be fun, right? But yeah. I think in this series, the guys he's racing right now, yep. I think he's the only one that can beat him. Yeah, he uh, he looked pretty good. He got a little buck wild in the heat, Weech, for a little bit when he was coming through some guys. Pulled a big old air wheelie and all that, but yeah. Otherwise, this one's. Uh, I did. You, did you have Jet for first to the finish line, JT and Pulp? I did. Yes. So I did, did I. Yeah. It was. Uh, I felt like that was going to be a, a pretty much of a lock. So I like the full lap there. Yes. The full lap was was nice. Uh, yeah. We each dominating performance by the Jet. Yeah, and uh, I also think that you don't see his his true speed is full speed, right? Uh, when he, I think in the first round he did manage it. You know, he was giving. I think he read a podcast that said he rode 80%. I think he said on Gypsy Tales. You know, I don't know what the number is, but I think when he's out front controlling it, he's just trying to ride fast enough. He did say he had some close calls, as you mentioned, but let's not forget the gaff in the heat race, thinking the white flag yeah. was checkers. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you know that, I guess, one of the, the fans were yelling and one of the yellow flaggers, I think, you know, we all know the importance of yellow flaggers in this sport. They should be respected and photos should be taken more often. Right. The yellow flagger, I guess, like told him, and then he looked back, and he's like, "I saw Robertson like pinning it down the landing of a jump," and like, "Uh oh!" So Jet actually hugged that flagger after he won the main event for saving his day. Only Jet Lawrence. <laughs> well, only Jet I, Lawrence would do something like that. I feel like when Styles zoomed by him, he would get back on it and maybe even pass Styles. Like I don't feel like it was a life or death thing, but that's cool. That's no. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he was still gonna make the main. Yes, I, I exactly. I think he was in. Yes, I think it would um, be okay. Uh, unless I guess he rode, unless he like caught across the track and rode to you and rode up on the, (laughs) the like, you know what I mean? Like at what point? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Yeah. good job for the jet. Um, you know, on AMA sheets, uh, the season stats, uh, it said he's led every lap, but one, but triple crowns. I mean, they're just, they're, they're incapable of, of, we can't, we can't figure anything out. The 1999 MS DOS word program that the AMA results have used, uh, cannot be changed or updated at all to reflect any triple crown stats at all, whether it's whole shots or laps led or anything. They they cannot do it. Um, so never change. AMA never change. Uh, so if you just if you just landed on this Earth from uh, from Mars and you want to look at the stats, you'd be like, oh, Jets led every lap but one. Oh no, that's all you would know. So. Right. So some journalist from outside the sport is writing a Jet Lawrence story at the end of the year. Let's say he wins a title and they can say, like, dominating. Yeah. Yeah. Led every lap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The the massive crash in the main in in Dallas. Yeah. We didn't. We won't recognize that one. The last to fourth Dallas ride. We won't recognize that one either. Yeah. So. Like it. 
All right. Well, Styles Robertson has two career podiums, and they're both at Daytona, and they're both seconds. Uh, really weird. Good job, Styles. Really weird, though. Yeah, he said it's so weird because he grew up riding hard pack, but yep. he's like, maybe I just grew up riding sketchy tracks. Maybe that was it. Yep. He, he doesn't know what it is, but he did say next year he really wants to make sure he rides East Coast. Does he go back that team next year? Is it too early to tell? Him and Jalik, yeah, right? His injury was pretty gnarly off season, so I think yep. I don't think they're going to judge too quick. Here. Right, right. Him and Jalik both in the last year, I believe. So could have some change over there, or they could hire him back. We'll see. Wait, they just re-signed Jalik just for just one year? Oh, I didn't know. Jalik thought... was up at the end of last year. Oh, they brought him back. Okay, all but, right. But maybe it was only one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I'll have to ask. Um, McAdoo, I guess, hurt his knee pretty good in practice. He was saying. And, uh, race. yeah, he raced and, uh, so didn't even know how good he would be. And he, he had a strong race. He was, I don't know, sit fifth or sixth early on and came all the way to third. Good job for McAdoo. Yeah. We got McAdoo versus Hampshire. I yeah. mean, two guys that are willing to kill someone else or themselves yeah. to get a podium. It yep. was, it was good. It, it was I mean, good JT, for that a few pack, And then if Pierce Brown was in that, those guys were going at it. Yeah. Welcome to 250 Supercross. Yep. But stop me if you heard this before, but RJ went down. <laughs> it's uh it's a gift that keeps on giving unless you're rj yeah it's incredible it gives it a gift that keeps on taking yeah mcadoo it's mcadoo mcadoo will tell everybody and he has that you know outside of those atlanta races the couple of them he really didn't crash much and everyone's just kind of judging him on the you know on the uh, atlanta thing and he's got a point because he is smoother than he was, say, on you know, other teams. But we do have that Atlanta in our head. But I, I feel like RJ, RJ is this, you know, I mean, he's the McGrath of crashing. And McAdoo is not quite there. But he's not, he's not far off, I guess. I did see definitely some moments of McAdoo, right. you know, bike swapping, right. tough lock two inches away, just pulls it back. Yep. Now, as far as the knee, that seems scary, but he thinks – he says he dabbed it in the heat, but the worst part was, since his leg was in the ground, he actually hit it with his foot peg, and he thinks the injury is just like impact, like yeah. not structural. Right. Uh, so he thinks he's going to be okay. But, I mean, he could barely stand on can, the podium. Can you imagine if Peyton loses another guy? Like, oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> All three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Pierce yeah. Brown fourth. Yeah, good job for Pierce Brown. It's good, good job for him. He did very well, yeah. Enzo Lopes. Enzo was third for a long time. He had clutch problems. Uh, him and Phil both had clutch problems. Uh, fifth place for Enzo. He is now fourth in the series points. He's a two back of Styles and probably been the surprise and the Pulpamex uh, sticker rider. Actually working out for once. For once, so Enzo's been Enzo's been good. I I, I don't know. You know, like uh, look, McAdoo and, and Brown and even Hampshire have a better track record than Lopes. So. I don't know if he holds on to that third if his clutch doesn't act up. I don't know when it started. I don't know how it went. Both guys said it was pretty bad, so I don't know. Still good for Enzo Lopes, though. Dude, and Phil, like, the laps were kicking yep. off with them battling for third and fourth, and it wasn't like the Hampshire, McAdoo, Brown group was eating them up. Mm -hmm. They were catching them, but, I mean, Enzo and Phil, like, they just, they're just in the group. They're just running the pace. Yeah. It's I, I, yeah. look. Phil's our guy, so I don't want to go too deep on Phil, but it's one of the biggest surprises of the year. To me. Is Enzo a bigger surprise or Phil? Probably Phil. 
Yeah, I think Phil, yeah. Phil had not raced Supercross since yeah. 2018. Right. JT, Phil, for you, then Enzo? I think they're both surprised. I don't know. Okay. Um, Enzo's had a rough go, but he, he did show some promise last year. So, yeah, I guess Phil. He, he, he was really injured last year and shouldn't have been racing, but he kind of had to to make money. Yeah. You know? And so when he came back from injury, it didn't look very good on the Phoenix team, and then it got better once he had more time to heal. But uh, Jordan Smith, sixth, RJ, seventh. Interesting. I might do this in my column this week, Weege. Uh, who's had a better career, Jordan Smith or RJ Hampshire? Yeah, that'd be fascinating. You were on the leading edge of this, you know, when they were teammates and best buds and they were on Geico, and always considering them almost like a package, like comparing the and two. They both the forced, similarities. They forced their way out of Geico. They had con- years in their left in the contract. They wanted yeah. out of there. Yeah. Um, Smith yeah. got the last laugh a little bit because that great first season with TLD KTM. Yep. Yep. Um, Should have. It did appear. I mean, some people were even gambling, you know, money that RJ would step up with Husqvarna. Some people did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some people did. Yep. Yep. Uh, but in the end, you know, it's it's been a lot of the same. I, I, I do think their peak has been better with the other teams, so they weren't wrong. Um. But it's not like four years later we're looking at like wow, lights out. Yeah, that you know uh, Jordan's never won a national. RJ's won two, right? Yeah, uh, I think Jordan's won three Supercrosses. He even won Daytona. Yeah, a couple years and ago. RJ's never won a Supercross, so Jordan's won three. Tough uh, to compare. Yeah. yeah, JT, who's had a better career? I'm gonna go RJ. Um, I don't have a lot of data or evidence to support why. I think the story's still being written too, because I think RJ's going to win some, uh, like maybe even in the Supercross series in the summer. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think, man, Jordan has, and this is gonna, this is not going to make any sense, but Jordan has crashed himself out of so many opportunities, and so is RJ. But <laughs> well, man, there there have been times where Jordan could not finish a race. He literally couldn't finish a race. Yeah, RJ. I think RJ is more RJ more crashes and then gets up and keeps going and the results just not as good as it should have been. Right, where Jordan is down for the count with the crash. yeah yeah it's yeah. just he's he's out. Like, uh, and then the next week he crashes and he's out and it's the same thing over and over. RJ still on factory equipment and salary, so like yeah, yeah. I feel like Jordan yeah, and, and like a know, pretty good deal. I would y- think. Yeah like, yeah he, yeah. Um, Phil eighth. Did you talk to Phil after the race, Wage? No, I we have to do the press conference at the end of the race and then. That basically is an hour after the race mm-hmm. where you get into the pit, so not right. into uh, Oldenburg ninth. I felt like Mitchell would have been better, but yeah, never really got never got a start, never got going. Um, Faris tenth, good job for Faris, I think. Jay Selwyn eleventh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, John Short twelfth. Good job for John Short. Volkswagen of Waco. Yeah, Volkswagen of Waco, <laughs> just making it happen. Yep. Um, Henry Miller, Hardy Munoz, JT. I couldn't pick him. I, I, I was touting him on the Pulp Mex Fantasy Podcast. Hardy rides Daytona well. I could not pick him because I would not allow myself to pick him. Right, right. Uh, I want nothing to do with, with that uh, level of sketch. But congrats to him. He got it done. Yep. No matter what I say, he got it done. Yeah. Uh, Grant Harlan, Hawaii zone, getting it 15th. Uh, stop me if you guys. Yeah, that was good for okay. him to finally right. get in. All right. Lance Kobush, Brock Pappy. I think that's Pappy's first career main event I saw. Somebody showed me. Uh, so maybe. 
Colin Park was up there further. Anybody know what happened? Because I had him in fantasy. Something happened in the last lap or two. He was okay. in 11th right. and 12th for like forever. Yep. And then uh, I don't know because he was on my team. So I don't know. Mike oh, crashed right. something. Derek Drake. Uh, what happened to Derek Drake? Anybody know? Nope. Okay. No. I, I feel like he's better. Some, be better. Something would happen to him to get 19th in my mind. Uh, Fry 20th. Anybody know what happened there? Yes, he crashed. Oh, yeah. okay. Crashed on the first lap, uh, and then was pretty much rolling around the track. Um, I did see him do one double, and then <laughs> he slowly got faster and then faster and faster, and then he crashed again. Okay, and then uh, yeah, he, he did finish. Like he kept yeah. going, but yeah. it was a horrific main event. It hasn't. Been- what did he need to get to, to get double points in fantasy? Nineteenth. Oh, what did he finish? Twentieth. Oh, thank you. Yep. It's been a rough start for Fry. Terrible. One okay. of our one of I mean, our mutual gone like I think he's on like twenty yeah. nineteen twenty or something. Uh I can tell you right here. Well, I was basing this all on listening to you guys and your dumb podcast about uh, fantasy. And JT, you made a very, very logical argument that Fry it was almost impossible that he wouldn't get double points. And he did. And and then was, was and I was saying no, I can't have anything to do with Fry. Because he's gone 21, 19, 20. You know, one of our f- mutual friends was so high on Fry's amateur, you know, Fry's professional chances. Oh, my God. Huge they're, on the Fry train. Yeah, like. He was Team Fry. He was Team Fry. And I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Maybe. He's young still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jack Chambers, Osborne's guy, uh, hurt his shoulder at the opener and then came in, got made the main event. Yeah. Yep. Pretty awesome. Joey Bean. Why wonder why he picks one ninety two. Do you think in honor of Jody Weisel? I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. I just I whenever I see one ninety two. Whenever I see one ninety two, I'm like be? MXA fan? MXA fan? You know? <laughs> he uh, lovely Luella and Jimmy Mack and everybody. <laughs> Chicken Licks. Chicken Licks Raceway. Uh <laughs> You guys, I checked in with Kyle Peters today because that's the kind of caring individual I am, and uh, he think he may have broke some ribs. I picked him in Pulp MX Fantasy because if there's one thing, Chase is going to Chase and Kyle's going to Kyle. Uh, Peters going to Peters, I guess, is, would be better. And he didn't, he didn't Peters. And, and he crashed out of the first round, too. So Kyle Peters, he not... He crashed in the first round, but then the bike broke. I think he would have oh, finished true, round one. True, true, yes. But... I did see him taking the ride on the yeah. Stars mule last night. That sucked. Peters is not going to Peters. Yeah. Peter is going to chiz. Peter is going to chiz. So yeah, KP. Uh, maybe he's maybe we may, we, we may we may not see him in Detroit. So, ah. um, all right. Uh, that's Daytona. See, it's not as much fun when I don't go to the races, is it? Yeah, the Daytona's great. Like I don't have. A whole lot to add to this because I just watch it on TV, and when you just watch on TV, you don't see the full story. You Steve, just... the amount of people there would have blown your mind. Really? Yeah. It was unbelievable. Like you couldn't move in the like fan zone or yeah. the pits, yeah, or any of that. So, you could not move. Yeah, it's, it's and like there were people there last year, but it was limited, I guess, right? Well, the pits were not open last year. Oh, they weren't open. Okay, but there were people no. there. They did sell tickets, right? Yeah, the fan zone was open. Right. Yeah, the vendor like vendor area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was like they have this what's called the it's like an O fan zone that's like this huge open area. Ricky Carmichael was doing like a live 
interview over there. There, yeah. there was a lot going on. Yep. But every where you tried to go, it was just a wall of people. Was, I would have been crazy. I would have been miserable. I would have looked at the drive in the morning, the price of the hotels, the f- length of the flight, and then the fact you couldn't go anywhere. I would have been miserable. I think I'm justified in staying home. Sounds like it, anyways. Well, here's well, I learned something today from uh, J. H. Leal, um, Ricky Carmichael's right hand man. Said there were we always know about the compromises that the track is on. Yeah, the track's not good. NASCAR track's not good. But I do think this one was better. And he said the flat track, you know, for a couple of years, the flat track races were there also, and they had their track underneath. Mm-hmm. And that took away even more real estate. And now flat track doesn't do that race anymore. So he said they got some spots back to do a few more things. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was better, and I think using the over under helped. Yep, and dude, um, some of the, the outsiders are so far out there in these turns. You're just like, no one's going there, man. You know, I, I don't know. It, here's my yeah. question. Yeah. I saved it for the end because JT may hang up. Does it just need to go? Oh God, here we go. Is it? Does it? Is it time? Is Not it, yesterday. Is it, is it like the old German Shepherd that you've had forever, and he's, he's used to run with you, and he used to fetch things? And weed, you can't relate, but you, you love this dog, and then you know he gets lymphoma or, or whatever, and then he's limping, and he can't walk, and he, he pees himself, and, and he's just a shell of what he was. Is that what they tell is? If you're going to keep races like Oakland on the schedule... You have no leg. You have no legs I, to stand. I don't care about Oakland. I, Oakland can go tomorrow. It doesn't. I'm not. But serious. I'm saying, like, it's. If I'm telling you, Steve, if you would have seen the like fan engagement and turnout and interest yesterday, you wouldn't yeah. even be able to ask that. Send them. Send them to Jacksonville. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that that's going really well. That's send really, them to Tampa. Yeah, yeah, they're all showing up over there. So oh, okay. The simple answer to your question is no. Like, there's no race on the circuit that has changed more from the original idea than Daytona. There's no national. There's no Supercross. No race has changed as much as as Daytona has, from what it was to what it represented to what it is today. And it's wa- terrible. Some of these things they've done that resulted in a huge crowd that was rabid and super into it all night. Some of those changes they did really ruined it. The... The racing's not that good. This one was good and late. I, I I said that off the beginning. It was it was good racing near the end, but for the most part, it was a snoozer. Again, and Ricky, it's not all Ricky's fault, as I've said over and over with the track design. I'm glad they got more room this year. It did seem slightly better. It wasn't as much follow Steve, the leader. It's, it's the biggest part of Bike Week. It's the absolute biggest part of Bike Week, and Bike Week is a gigantic deal. It, there are. A million people there. No, people. They, I, I heard the Sturgis is far surpassed Bike Week nowadays. You have lost your mind. Th- this is what I've been told. Sturgis is now the new where everyone went for Bike Week. They now go to Sturgis. I mean, Sturgis is big, also, but Bike Week is huge. And if you wanted to say, okay, the Daytona 200 needed to go away, well, it kind of has. So, but I'm telling you, yesterday was one of the biggest Daytonas I've ever seen, if not the biggest. So the this the data is not supporting your question being a yes. But are you ba- the podium was full on Redbud level? The podium was Redbud level. Okay, so so the all right, so the, come across the track, so you can't do it any of the super. All right, so you, they can get right in front of the podium like at a national, and it was it took about I don't know how it was possible for ten thousand people to move that quickly, but mm-hmm. in one minute 
10,000 people went from the apron to in front of us. And Tomac just said, this is like Redbud. I mean, it was as far as the eye could see. It wasn't Redbud Donations 18. Don't get me wrong. But uh, okay, so I'm gonna. if this is what cancer in the old folks' home looks like, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to retire and move in. I'm going to put you guys in the no category then. Okay. I would say no either way, but I think truly, if you had been there, you would have a hard time asking that the way that that event was. Now, 21, or of course, you know, 20 was more normal. COVID was starting to get there. Like that was the last round that we did. Mm-hmm. That was a normal round. I don't, I still would say no, but I could understand your side and the sentiment a little bit more. But I'm telling you, man, yesterday was just like, yeah, we got to put that question away for a while. All right. I bet you Feld would want it to go away, even though they do run this race. You know, they, they they run it, but they don't own it, sort of. So, but who who if they wanted to, who would stop them? Who would stop what? Who would stop them from doing that? Stop Feld from doing Daytona? If Feld wanted it to go away, yeah, yeah, no, they could do it, right? Yeah, I, I feel like they could do it in a second. Sure. Right, Weech? But I'm. But you just said that they they want it to. So if they no, 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 to, yeah, yeah, right. They obviously want it. Not they obviously keep it going. But they would probably love the profits from another round of that they control 100. percent Well, they own part. Yeah, they own part of this race. Right. This race. Yeah. Some some something is worked out right behind the scenes. Yep. Weech, my my PR guy was not there. No, that's no. actually one of the tougher things here, man. It's kind of sad. Like all the people I worked with for yep. years. There's a few that are still here, but COVID really must have hit the employment line hard right. at this place. Um, so, yeah, your old PR guy is not here. Uh, some people are still around, but it's been a lot of new people learning a lot of new things over the last two years. So we're, Not a good couple of years for the live event industry. Do we know where the where the media was watching from? Um, do we know? Well, I think the only two media members in this sport that don't shoot photos or videos are me and you. So... Uh, I was uh, announcing, and you were not there, so they were good. <laughs> so everything, everything was fine. Yeah. Now you did have free pizza. You said to, you made sure that to text me and Sean oh, Brennan. It was glorious. Yeah. yeah. Press day. They must have thought it was Daytona 500 press day because I think there were 40 pizzas in the press room on on Friday for press day, and there were about eight of us there. I mean, it was just tragic. It was it was <laughs> oh the humanity. Like at the end of the day, when I saw all these uneaten pizzas, and I'm like, what do I do with this? I can't I can't eat. The thirty-seven leftover pizza pies. I can't do it. And then he just t- we come in on Saturday. They had Chick Fil A. They had dinner. Wow! It was, it the, was uh, the level two uh, on in the five hundred club. The level two like food yep. setup was unbelievable. It, it was really great. Hmm. That's a big question. So I had a lot of people asking me where you were, Steve. And I said, uh, well, you've heard him say it, worst race of the year. Yeah. What is the problem with the 500 Club? It's close to the track. You can see above. And apparently the I can't get in there. I can't get in there. there, there JT, you, can, you can't you can get him in there? I could have got him in there, yes. Oh, well, gen- mm. generally, I can't get in there. Um, the well, room, the, the rooms are all catered, right? The rooms are all ca- are all blocked off for Dunlop. And I guess WPS JT has a room. I don't. Well, we buy them. Oh, okay. Right? Yes. So yeah. because of the generosity of WPS paying thousands of dollars i guess i could have got in with within that club. but the yes. level two is is open like that whole level is open so i don't know what the rules are for being in there but yeah then the level three are all the suites which oh. you know like we had one and you know uh fox racing buys one people you know yeah, buy yeah. Them, whatever right right so that the guys from fox not this hit them up i i have gone in there in the past and been told you are not allowed in here 
get out of here. And then thankfully the PR guy there did get us in. And Chase Stalla was in with us one year and all of that. So it's happened. I just, yeah, normally can't get in there. So. But you know what would happen though, Weege, in this scenario? Yeah. We would get him in and he'd be like, ah, there's there's fans in here and they're dealers and I don't want to talk to people. I know place put my laptop so I can tweet. I gotta work yeah. and I gotta tweet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, that's, that, that's what I do. I work at these races. Sorry. I'm just Sorry, saying everybody. what it would go. I'm just telling you how it would go. Like, Right now, it's fine, and then that would yes, happen, and you true, would be right? in this great area, and then that would that would be the next worst yeah. race of the year again. Yeah, worst race. Iteration. Yeah, worst race of the year. It needs to go. Absolutely. Right. So it's the it's the old German Shepherd. It's not the same anymore. <laughs> so you're gonna kill your dog? No, you just you gotta you know you're just it's you, like you're, you're look, a weak it, side now. Look, when you when you when, you, you. when you follow mainstream sports, uh, uh, the 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 um, the love of Fenway and Wrigley, which are over a hundred years old. People love them, but when you follow the, the, the people on baseball clubs and the media. The old codger media. The, people are like, they're, they're not good, dude. They're about steroids they, and baseball. They, they're not good. They don't, they don't have the facilities the new ones have, to, whether it's a batting cage, whether it's the media press box, whether it's parking, like whatever it is, these old bar, ballparks have the charm, but behind the scenes, they're crumbling. And, you know, Daytona's similar. I don't know, man. Daytona, they've just kind of like rebuilt the whole thing, like in the last <laughs> few years. It did. It did. Like, it really it's like a hundred million dollars. Oh, I don't mean. Right. I don't mean literally crumbling, but just yeah, it's just so different from what it used to be. That's all. So, so you want to go back to the old stuff where there were no facilities? Oh, there was no five hundred club. No, I'm asked like I don't know where you're going with. Well, this. I. Like, I is it- is I am referring the... to the track. The track and the racing okay. is what is crumbling from what it used to be. So you want it? You want the old style race where it goes like into the field, um, and it's all that I, during I, the day. But then you want the suite and the five hundred club and the food and yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the, ultimately, I'm there for the racing and the track, and it is a shell of what it used to be. That's all. Seemed pretty good yesterday. Okay, well, it was better. It looked better. So. Hey, I'm, Steve. Yep. Uh, we did a re-raceables pod. Subscribe where you get your podcast recently. Yep. 1986 Daytona. Yep. Uh, and the story of that was why Brock Lover took one of the worst line selections in history, where he's just getting passed <laughs> lap after lap by going on the, the line that no yeah. one else was taking. Yeah. And um, so I got a chance to ask him. Oh, you did? Like, hey, oh, hey, nice. Yes. I was like, I hate to do this to you. Uh, <laughs> But what were you thinking? And he's like, I don't know. Every 1986 was terrible. 1986 was terrible. That's all he had. That's all he had. Okay. But but knowing yeah. knowing Brock's memory, he knew what you were talking about 100%. Well, that was questionable. Right. Because I would think he would have known why he took that line. But he didn't have an answer. Right, right, right. Okay. Oh, Brock, yeah. Oh, man. I, I think I sat on the pit wall, I think for an hour. I think 11 to 12 was talking to Brock Lover, which is always good to get the – these are the stories that I spent my entire childhood wondering. And, yeah. You know, to get those answered, I'm just sometimes like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was RJ there? Did someone tell me RJ was there? I didn't see Rick. Not, not Hampshire. Not Hampshire, but Rick Johnson. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't, didn't see, see Rick Johnson. Johnson. Okay. All right. I thought I saw somebody say RJ was there. Patient. Pain, he wasn't patient one, but he might have been patient three with the uh, yeah. with COVID. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, yeah. you hung out with RC for a little bit? We each too. Oh, yes. I, this week is so long here. I forgot that that feels like days ago. It was only two. Uh, yeah, Friday I went to dinner with the Rides Unlimited KTM team. Uh, Jack Chambers putting in the main there. Oh, so we we heard about this. We had someone that was in the same restaurant 
telling us that we that he thought you didn't know these people, but they promised you a free dinner so that you were there. I did find it weird that it was like uh, the Greg Geisler, the owner of the team, like it was his 50th birthday and that like 12 people were there and I was one of the 12 invited. I, th- I did think that was weird. Okay. Um, I-, I knew Greg and his wife, Greg's kid, and Roger from Seven and me and Kevin Kelly. Like I only knew less than half of the people, but whatever. It was a very nice meal in a very nice place. Um, I, I just have a thing where I, I do, okay, we all go to similar restaurants. We see tons of people who we know in the industry. I don't interrupt people. Like I saw that like Cooper Webb and, and Dan Truman, like people we know were the table behind us. I'm not going to walk over to their table and be like, Hey, what's up guys? Like they didn't ask me to go to dinner with them. So I just don't do that. So I think there was a grumpy rider of the 250 Supercross East division that was eating with Webb. Mm, okay. Yeah. I cannot tell me. I, who, I, name I am not going to grumpy. I'm not going to tell yeah. you who my source was, but right. And I believe he was very upset that I wasn't texting him back and I wasn't coming to the table. Also, there's another thing. I'm having dinner with people. I don't feel like I should have my phone out and be texting other people the entire time that I'm having conversations. So anyway, I was about to leave. We were done. And uh, Carmichael waves over to Kevin Kelly and I. He's like, where are you guys going? He's like, that's disrespectful. You didn't even come over to say hi. I'm like, you're at dinner with other people. Why would I come over? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Carmichael was having a good time. And Lee Diffie uh, having a good time. And uh, we ended up hanging out. And I mean, hanging out. Wow. Like, oh, it was, it was... Old school Daytona for me. I haven't done that in a long time. And Lee Diffie. Razzles? Um, Razzles? No, no. Okay. It was all within the <laughs> okay. confines of this okay. restaurant. All right. Okay. Uh, and then, but like crazy things happen in Daytona. So Lee Diffie just starts going through his phone and we just start calling. We called Jeff Leesk. Oh. We just called Jeff Leesk. I don't know. It must have been like whatever, noon, yeah. Saturday, Australia time. Right. We just called Jeff Leesk. I congratulated him on a podium, 88 Meadowlands Supercross. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, me up. Uh, I congratulated him on that. Kevin Kelly said, hey, your your Biafi helmet looked terrible. And Lee said, you know what? I agree, mate. It did. Um, we called RJ. <laughs> I know RJ wasn't there because we called RJ. Oh, okay. That's right. We called right. RJ. Okay. Uh, and we called Phil Christensen, who started the original Australian Supercross series. Uh, I don't know. And then Lee Diffie told stories of his races, and I told stories, and Kevin told stories, and wow. RC told stories. I don't know. It was awesome. Wow, JT, what a what a night. I got this update yesterday at the race. It would have been cool if you were there, Steve. We could have all talked about it. It was awesome. Yep. Lee Diffie, amazing human. I like Lee Diffie. I'm a fan of Lee Diffie. Oh, you and Lee Diffie are tight now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. You are? Yeah. Yep. Um. I just find it amazing the guy was working the uh, Olympics for three weeks. Yep. Then did IndyCar opener, and he's back. And then you're hanging out with him here at a Supercross, and you would swear that him and Kevin Kelly, who had never met before that moment, mm-hmm. five minutes in, you swear that Lee Diffie and Kevin Kelly are absolute best friends. Like he's just <laughs> an amazing person. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. He was very this... polite to me when in my spotting uh, tenure last year. <laughs> spotting tenure. No, was... Yeah. Yeah. He was very no. He really was. He was really really polite to me. Um, he didn't have to be. He could have just yep. not even pretended I was alive. But he he was. Yep. Hmm. Well, good. All right. These are things you miss out on, Steve. These are the. Well, things guess you what? Out on. Guess what, Weege? You're not going to Detroit, and it is going to be a blast. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is going to be next level. Detroit is the place. Everyone goes. Everyone hangs. It's gonna be lit. It's it's, it's gonna be D Detroit. 
It is true. When I think of we're all the old friends who haven't seen each other, haven't broke down in a while, maybe have a beer. It's the networking just, event of the year. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. It is. It actually that might be the one that Sturgis can't uh, eclipse. Yep. Detroit. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, so Detroit, I will be in. March, I will be in Detroit, and Weege will not be there. So just uh, keep that in mind, everybody. I will be there. Um, all right. Good times. Uh, you know what? I'll go to Daytona next year. You can you can pencil, you can pencil me in, but but whoa, will you stay for the amateur racing? Negative. Okay. Uh, we have a big showdown brewing tomorrow. Are you ready? Yeah. What is it? Big showdown. Roderick Francesco. Roderick oh. Francesco. We all know one of the great amateur phenoms. He will be here. Open Pro Sport lining up against the eight hundred. Oh God. Okay. Can we talk about 800 racing this Thursday race in Tampa with a red plate? He had a red plate today in his heat race, I was told. Did he have a number one jersey? I don't know, but someone just needs to, to intervene. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. JT, is WPS's contract with Feld, are, are you still there next year? Uh, we have six more years. Oh, Okay, oh, I didn't know. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> my, my my roundabout point was I can get in this Daytona club next year for WPS. I don't see a reason why. We're a year away, but I yeah, yeah. Right. That, that could happen. Okay, yes. all right. So I'm not going to Daytona unless I can go in the Daytona 500 club and watch the race if it, with a seat and a place for my laptop. Yeah, it's really good. Like I, w- I would I, I, that's the first time I've ever watched in there at night, and I was very impressed. Right, right. Uh, did you watch the GP MXGP today, JT? Uh, yes, I did. Not every single second of it, but I did watch a bunch of it. And so, Ferrado is for real. He's pretty good. He's definitely getting better. Um, I think both he and Renault are much better than I would have thought. Yes, two different storylines, right? As far as like expectation, yeah. but they're both they're both ahead of where I would have put them. Heroes, heroes. All right. Okay. Um, you guys see Vial's crash? Oh, he got lucky. Yeah. Oh, my oh God. My God. That was big. He got so lucky. Damn, wow. dude. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else? Detroit. 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 Uh, JT. We not. We we are. JT, I will see you there in the place, the crown jewel of the Supercross series. I'll see you inside the dome because I'm not ever leaving until it's time to get back in my car. <laughs> Ford Field. <laughs> The crown jewel. The world center of racing. Thank you. Thank you. The cathedral of speed. <laughs> Cannot wait. Like, the, like, uh, like methamp- methamphetamine speed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for fly racing. And uh, thanks to those guys. Renthal, Maxis, Onyx Maps, the motorsport.com guys. And, of course, uh, uh, Cobra Links as well. All on board with us. Weez, JT. Thanks, boys. See you. See This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.